0: It's a game day for the Pelicans as they play a win-or-go-home play-in-tournament matchup against the Oklahoma City Thunder. What are the matchups to watch? How did the Thunder try and play, and how could they win this game? I've got Ryland Stiles from Locked on Thunder ready to break it all down. It's a Wednesday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go.
1: You are Locked on Pelicans.
0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast that covers everything you want to know about your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, credentialed member of the media here. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this. And this is the kind of show that only Locked On can do. I've got Ryland Styles of Locked On Thunder here. Rylan, you excited?
1: I am very excited. What a time this is. Game day in the postseason with Oklahoma City. Is it, what's this feeling like? Does the air, the air taste different and things like
0: that for you here? This wasn't what you were expecting at all.
1: Yeah, it's very different than what we were expecting, and I think that it does feel different because you know, obviously the Thunder have experienced postseason basketball before, and the fan base has been spoiled. This two-year drought is the longest postseason drought since relocation from Seattle. So they've experienced postseason ball before, but this postseason, there is no expectations. Like winning tonight would be amazing, but losing tonight would be standing ovation worthy if it was in the Paycom Center in this this environment. So it's truly just an exciting moment to watch this young team play in the postseason. So everyone's cheery. Nobody's doom and gloom. Nobody's on edge. Everyone's just excited for this game to tip off. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one. I'm
0: excited for this one. And of course, thank y'all for making On Pelicans your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com NBA60 and use code NBA60 for 60% off plus free shipping. So I'll be honest, I hate this. I hate this. I am You know, And you know this, I've been really high on this Thunder team all season. I host the Locked on NBA show on Wednesday. I'm on there today, I guess, talking about this. And we did a segment recently on the Thunder, and I was like, they better not tank. They better go for it. I want to see Shea Gildress Alexander in the postseason. And I I really got what I asked for, and now it's either at the expense of the Pelicans for it to potentially happen. So let me ask you this question just right off the bat. How do the Thunder win this game? Yeah,
1: the the – game with the Pelicans is going to be very interesting because although we have a four-game sample size, which is the largest you can have in a single season, the games aren't really indicative of how the two teams like have typically played because going all the way back to the first contest, Jeremiah Ramitsunaro was in the starting lineup for OKC. He likely will not be in their rotation tonight. Two guys who will be the most important pieces off of the bench, Isaiah Joe and Aaron Wiggins, did not play a single minute in this game against New Orleans. Whereas, you know, in the next game, you had Pokashevsky in the starting lineup. He's he's now hurt and will not play a ton if he's even active in this game. And Kenny uh, Hustle gave them a huge boost off the bench, but he's hurt and out for this season now. Muscala came in and gave them a valuable 14 minutes. He's no longer on the team. So, like, the team has changed in this season for each side, where for the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram played one game total in the Mm four-game series. CJ only played two. So we don't really know what this matchup truly looks like in any environment, much less a slowed down half-court offense. What's going to have to happen for the Thunder to win this game is that SGA has to continue to draw fouls at the rim by being the league's leader in uh, in rim touches and, and in the lane and, and, and driving to the basket. He's led the league there, and that's why he's gotten so many foul calls to this point. And the Thunder have to be able to work off of him whenever he gets double-teamed. It's going to take a, a night where Isaiah Joe hits four threes, where Lou Dort, when you pass to him out of a double team, can actually knock down some triples. He's had games where he can. He's had games where he can't. And so like that's going to be the variable in all of this. One interesting aspect, I think, will be, of course, the lack of size for Oklahoma City. And with that size comes not just rebounding, which we know the Pelicans can do much better than OKC can. They're the worst team in the league in rebounding in Oklahoma City, but also Whenever this half court offense starts happening in the postseason and it turns into this pick and roll and hunting mismatches game, can Jalen Williams lay a physical screen and get and get a switch for SGA? Because typically he's been a guy that gets in your way, but doesn't deter you from switching and, and, and from you know, it kind of lets you keep your primary defender on SGA. You're gonna have to rub off Herb Jones and some of these other guys off of Shea and let him operate. Do you have a big man that can do that? Much less rebound the ball much less deter at the rim. So it's going to take shooting to win this game for OKC. If if Lou Dort d- does not make his first three threes, this game might be over. If Isaiah Joe comes in and goes one for three from three, this game will be over. So it comes down to just can these guys off of Shea hit threes. And if they can, then the Thunder have a really good fighting chance. If they can't, this might get ugly on Wednesday. Really? That's interesting because I see
0: this one as being a little bit closer, I think, you know, partially because, as you said, like these – The whole series just isn't indicative of what we're seeing kind of in this one game. And when you have a guy like Shea Gildress Alexander, who's averaged over 34 points against the Pelicans this season, I think, you know, that's the type of player that can get hot and kind of scares you. He's going to make first or second team all NBA. It seems like a lock. So you think it's beyond just his scoring that they need to get him a little bit of help from some of these other guys?
1: I think that the, for the the Thunder against the Pelicans specifically, Mark talked today after practice about how SGA gets doubled more than against the Pelicans on any other team. The Pelicans double him the most out of the entire league. And Shea's dealt with that this whole season. He's dealt with mm-hmm. zones as well. But those things really disrupt you as a score. And so Shea can give you 30 points and, and could score 35, could score 40 tonight against the Pelicans. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is what happens off of that, right? You're, you're then relying on streaky shooters and, I, and, and Lou Dort. You're then relying on a rookie and Jalen Williams to take a huge step uh, scoring the basketball in this environment and, and so like what happens beyond just those 30 points? What happens beyond just those 35 points or even 40 points for this Thunder offense? I, I think that the the challenging thing for OKC is you're not going to see the Pelicans I think take advantage of their lack of size inside because I don't think that they're going to want to change their entire game plan and just dump it down to Valanchunas possession after possession and if they do the Thunder would say thank you and just say thank you for taking the ball out of Bi's hands and, and CJ's hands. The problem is Despite having good defenders for OKC on the perimeter, Lou Dort, one of the best defenders, is just going to get shot over and over and over over B.I. He contested B.I. well. He played mm-hmm. B.I. hard. But Brandon Ingram just shoots over him. He's just too long. And so then your only other counter to that is putting a rookie on Brandon Ingram in the playoffs, which is is. Going to be an interesting challenge, and it could work out for OKC, but it could work out for the Pelicans uh, just as well. So it's just going to be, a th- I think, a game of make or miss for OKC in this w- in this one game sample size, because you've got to keep up with their scoring, and they have two scores, and you have one that you trust in the postseason. So who's going to step up, and and what role players step up on the road, which has been tough to do uh, in the NBA, obviously, with road players shooting on the road, uh, rotational players shooting on the road in the postseason.
0: No, I mean, that that's a really good point, right? Role players play better at home. It's just like a simple fact in the NBA, and I guess that should make Pelicans fans feel a little bit more excited, though. Some of the things you said in that do remind me shades of this team, right? You know, Brandon Ingram can go out and score. We've seen him do it, but can other guys step up? He had 42 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. CJ scored 24, but or 23, but it was on 24 shots, and that type of efficiency is going to lose you games. So I think that kind of applies what you said to the Pels as well. So coming up, though, I want to get into more about Jonas Valanciunas and what you said there. We'll get into some other specific matchups with this, this game here to see where maybe one team has the advantage and another one doesn't. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by the ultimate basketball GM. You think you've got what what it takes to run a team? Well, this is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I always thought I could be a great GM. Turns out it's not that easy. And if you've had the same thought or have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of your franchise. You need to draft your players. You need to hire the right coaches. You need to deal with personalities in free agency. And you navigate your franchise through multiple seasons all in a challenging and realistic game world ultimate pro basketball GM is completely free and playable offline so you can play on the go as you want when you want we have a bunch of hosts in a league right now made the playoffs not really advancing It's, it's harder than it looks so give it a shot Locked On Pelicans listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. Make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com, Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday completely free. No one else comes to y'all like this Breaking down everything you want to know. And today we're doing something that only locked on can, where I got Ryland Styles of Locked On Thunder here with me, breaking down the matchups that we want to see and what could tilt this game in the favor of either team. So, Rylan, you just you just mentioned Jonas Valanciunas, where the Pelicans do have a big size advantage at the center spot. This is something that I think has been Pelicans fans have gone back and forth on it seems at times they should run some more of their offense through JV and try and play inside out a little bit. You know, he's a strong rebounder. The Pelicans have struggled with that at times, but you think the thunder will be thrilled if they toss the ball to JV down low and let him try and cook.
1: I do. I think that it's kind of like that old money ball story of Billy Bean, where he's telling the players, look, If your opponents are going to bunt, take it. It's a free out. Say thank you. If the Pelicans want to stop giving the ball to B.I. and C.J., say thank you, because working inside out uh, can actually benefit OKC. Isaiah Joe is a sneaky good defender on the perimeter, but S.G.A. grades out as excellent on synergy defensively. We know what Ludort can do defensively. Wiggins has a ton of length and plays like a ball hawk safety whenever deflecting passes and getting steals uh, Josh Kitty has linked as well. So trying to pass out from the post is actually going to be a little bit harder for uh, Jonas than it would be in other matchups. And then also you have Jalen Williams, who is down there. And while he can't block shots, he can absolutely get you to commit charge fouls. And against the, the Rockets, a team that does try to utilize their offense down low, Shingun had three charges in the first quarter. That makes him obsolete. You have to take him out of the game at that point with foul trouble. And if the Pelicans go small, the Thunder do have smaller lineups that match up better uh, with teams, of course, if you're going to play the Thunder's way of going small and playing faster, the Thunder were third in the league in pace. So either way that you slice it, you're either taking the ball away from BI and they're only scoring two points while SGA scoring two on the other end, or uh, you're going to see Jonas get, get foul trouble because of the charges from, from Jay Whale and and be able to take advantage that way. So I think that it's a big advantage for OKC. Uh, you you could be wrong in, in this. I could be wrong in this and saying this and, and Jonas to go for 40 and 20. But I, I just think that realistically in the postseason, there's a lot of advantages to that style of play for the Thunder.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting, right? Because the Thunder are very good at forcing turnovers. So if they're trying to play down low and JV gets slowed down a little bit or he needs to put the ball on the on the court to try and dribble in a little bit closer or post a guy up and they're able to poke that ball loose, all of a sudden that's a team that's running in transition. And given the Pels' offensive troubles at times, I don't know if they want to really get in a shootout like that with the thunder this defense thrives on getting back getting set and then kind of forcing their own turnovers they're a couple spots behind the thunder in those rankings and being able to get out and run and get easy points in transition and if they're getting scored on in transition they're not really able to do that so that's something that seems like it could be an advantage for new orleans you've got to you've got to use doses of it i think to keep that defense honest a little bit but if you're just throwing the ball to jv and going post up post up post up you're right all of a sudden the thunder are running the pelicans are getting zeros on trips down on offense and it becomes a big problem
1: yeah first in, first in the league increment in uh creating turnovers third in the league in pace for okc that is a huge advantage because guess what won't have to happen if you're in transition you won't be having to pass the ball to an open door you know on the top of the key shooting a three he'll be going to the basket you'll have Dub going to the basket you'll have giddy going to the basket you have all these guys working inwards instead of outwards in transition. And Shea is just an elite downhill score. so getting him a full head of steam at the rim is also great. So if it becomes a track meet, it becomes a, a, a situation where you're just trading twos, so That that's good for OKC because they can much more keep pace that way because they only have really one reliable three-point shooter in Isaiah Joe uh, that can actually knock them down consistently. So having this game played inside the arc might benefit OKC despite their lack of size.
0: Is this going to be one of those games where both teams just shoot terribly from three and who
1: knows what's going to happen? It, it feels that way. It really does. Because even Isaiah Joe has slowed down a little bit uh, as, as every shooter goes through some slumps. Uh, he was shooting 45% from three for the majority of the season, had a really rough march, but seems to be tracking better now uh, in this game. So it's going to come down to, I think, who has the better three-point percentage. I think that whoever does make the most threes in this one will win the game uh, for either side. Do you think that means they're
0: going to really spend a lot of defensive effort on a guy like Trey Murphy, who's gotten kind of hot as the season started to wind down and closed out where he's got a couple of games with 30 plus points? He's a game where he hit 11
1: threes in one. Is that a guy that you're really worried about? Yes, not because of the attention to them, though, but because of the lack of attention. The Thunder's way of masking their size deficiency has been swarming the paint and packing it in to where they just collapse onto your big and then they they rely on their length and athleticism to roll out to your shooters. If you're late on those rollouts, though, then a guy like Trey can get hot and just knock down three threes in a row. So that's where the worry comes from because the style of defense does limit Jonas's ability to score, and theoretically, because every player on the floor is 6'9", six, 6'8", six, with a 7-foot wingspan, and young and athletic, they should be able to get back out on the perimeter if he sprays it out. That all works in theory, but a couple busted plays like that in a game this competitive and this tight in a game where you can't match blow for blow from beyond the arc could be the difference maker in the contest. So uh, I think that they do respect him as a three-point shooter, but their their nature of playing defense is so opposed to just, just locking someone down in the corner. They even left Kevin Durant open in the corner from three against the Suns in a tight game because of the way that they play defense and rotate. So it's going to be so easy to have a busted play or two that change the entire game.
0: Yeah, that's like that buck style of defense, right? Pack the paint, leave the open three-point shooters. You've seen the Heat do things like that, too. The Pels have done that as well. It works when you have Giannis, who can close out and all of those great defenders that they do there, but when you have some of these younger guys that maybe kind of lose the ball for a second... And with Trey, it's interesting. The game where he had 10 or 11 threes, I can't remember what it was now, I think eight or nine of those were on no dribbles, just pure catch-and-shoot variety. It's tough to close out when a guy's got that quick of a trigger. So... The Pelicans are something like 25 and 15 when Trey makes or takes eight or more threes. And then it's like the reverse of that, basically, when he doesn't. He had five three-point attempts, four three-point attempts against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It could come down to, as you said, you know, who's shooting well and can they get enough shots and manufacture enough looks for a guy like Trey Murphy? Let me ask you about this and Shea Gilgis alexander And this is just, this is going to rile Locked on Pelicans listeners up here think he's got an advantage with the refs and getting foul calls and going to the line. The last game they played was the Thunder won by double digits, 13 trips to the free throw line.
1: This is one of the most interesting things to watch for in this game. It can go one of two ways. It can go where SGA is getting double teamed, SGA is getting harassed through the lane, and so, yeah, since he leads the league in drives and will leave, lead, lead the game in drives in this one, yeah, he'll take some trips to the line, or it can go where the refs say, you know what? This guy's averaging 10 free throws a game. We're not going to be the crew that gives him 10 free throws in in a playoff game. And they just don't call anything and let the pelicans play physical letting the pelicans play physical was a huge advantage to them uh the, you know in, in certain games uh this season for sga like whenever they limited him to just nine free throw attempts in their second meeting and won that game by three points so that was big uh for the pelicans in that just, game. So just
0: nine free throw attempts
1: compared to the well compared to like you mentioned <laughs> you know, he had he had a game where he had 18 he had, he had against the pelicans uh he, he had another game where he had the, the nine that we just talked about and then and he had 13 in the last meeting where the Thunder won. So nine is a is a very yeah, much limited <laughs> number for SGA. But no, it's I, I think funny. it'll go one of two ways between how the refs will will go into the game. And and the thing about SGA's fouls, which I think is arguably more frustrating for fan bases of the opposing team, is that he's not doing anything to to bait the foul. That's so obviously that James Harden used to. He's just getting hit on his way to the rim. And since he's so long, you can hit him so many different ways on his way there. And he doesn't just blow past you. So he kind of keeps you on his hip, his whole way to the rack. And so it's like frustrating of like, you're not even doing this on purpose. It's just that they keep giving you foul calls.
0: We'll see. Trust me, if it goes that way, Twitter is going to be lighting it up, and I'm we're going to probably be a little upset here on Locked On Pelicans. I want to go back to in the next segment something you said in the beginning about this team almost kind of playing with house money and how that could impact the game. And you were at practice. I'm curious about the mood of the team. So we're going to get into that coming up here next to today's episode of locked on pelicans before we do that though today's episode of locked on pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook grand slams no hitters and double plays are back and there's no better place to get in on the mlb action than FanDuel, america's number one sportsbook and that's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up place your first bet and get up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win you know I'm going to be betting on the NBA playoffs and getting in on those sweet same-game parlays. Brandon Ingram to score 30 or more points in this one. Trey Murphy to make five or more threes if you want a huge payout. You can do that all. Make more money over at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the official sports betting partner of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. No one else comes to you like this Monday through Friday, completely free, five days a week, giving you the insight you want, doing a show like this that no one else can do here because we've got Rylan Stiles breaking down everything you want to know. This dude was at Thunder practice the other day. What was the mood like there from those guys?
1: Truly refreshing in this playoff environment to see a coach and a couple players that are just loose. And having fun. That's not what you see usually this time of year. I think that the biggest point is even internally, they're talking about how house money this is. I mean, coach said, win, lose, or draw. This is not an end point for this team. They're still very young. In fact, they're the youngest team in the league and second youngest team in NBA history, only ahead of last year's Thunder team for league history's title. He said this is not an end point for the team. This is just the beginning of, of what they're trying to do here. And Josh Giddy mentioned that there's no cap that they put on their team of what they can or can't achieve in a given year or a given game. And I think that Lou Dort kind of rose some eyebrows with what he said because you kind of forget this in all that's happened over the last few years. Yes, Lou Dort's played in a Game 7 of an NBA playoff series. Yes, he's scored 30 points in that setting. These guys have never played a road playoff game. Like, the, the players on this roster that have playoff experience, SGA featured a real playoff series as a rookie where they went to Golden State with the Clippers and battled there, and he played well in that series. But Lou Dort, 30 points in the playoffs? That happened in the NBA bubble before families were even let in. So there was literally nobody in that arena in which he locked up James Harden and had such a great series that really allowed him to burst onto the scene. This is his first time going into this environment. So it's not just the rookies. It's everyone besides Dario Saric and SGA playing their first experience in an environment like this, which I continue to give props to on Lockdown Thunder of, like, this Pelicans fan base thrives on you calling them a football city. They want to prove they're a basketball (laughs) city. I see Jake Madison's tweets all the time. They're a basketball city. And so they're going to be feisty and riled up. And and this Thunder team is looking forward to that. Jalen Williams talked about it, uh, and Lou Dort did too, of, Going into a building where everyone in there is rooting against you is going to be something that they need to be ready for. And so they're ready for the challenge. And and Mark said that they're ready to see what their best punch looks like. This is a team that's so young, they've never once game planned for a specific team. Because in the nature of an NBA season, you're game planning internally. Game to game, the stuff you're doing is how can we fix our issues? How can we improve? You're not worrying necessarily about how to limit every little action the team runs. The Thunder now gets to put together a game plan that is fully focused on how do we beat the Pelicans? Only the Pelicans matter right now. We don't matter. No other team matters but the Pelicans. And so the, the coaching staff, which is very young, gets to put that together. They get to implement it these two days of practice and then see how this young team can go out there and execute it and not just execute the pre-written game plan, but execute the inevitable wrinkles that come with a game of a playoff series and, and, a, and a, a playoff game and a, a game of this magnitude where, you guys are going to have some adjustments to make both on both sides of this game. So the chess match that comes with this is such a unique experience for this young team that they're going to get at such an early age, which I think is great for the Thunder overall. So the mood is very, very high, no matter the result. They understand, even the team understands, they're playing with house money right now.
0: Yeah, those are the type of games that worry me, though. You see that at the end of the season, right, where it's young guys playing and all of a sudden they're trying to kind of make a name for themselves or earn more money in the future. And they go out and you see a team get upset late in the season that maybe didn't really end up happening this year, kind of affects some of the standings and things like that. And this Thunder team, you know, you know Shea's going to get all the accolades after this season, you know, when the awards come out. He wants to prove that he belongs, that he's on the biggest stage, right? He doesn't want this team you know taking a step backwards next year and they want to kind of be thought of as maybe the pelicans were thought of going into this season right that next young team on the rise to go and do these sorts of things
1: do, do you think shay's the best player on the court in this game so i think that shay is the best player in the on the court in this game i think that what he's done this year has been remarkable again an excellent defender for a 30 point per game score is really hard to find, especially on the perimeter. And the fact that, you know, even his three point shot has not been something that he's relied on. There's been games where he scored 42 points and did not attempt a three pointer, much less make one. So he's been doing it inside the arc with tough shot making. Uh, and his ability to you know, be a playmaker has improved a lot this year as well, both with his handling and his passing. And as you mentioned, this is a team that wants it. Like Shea has posted twice publicly yeah. on Instagram for everyone to make fun of if it weren't to happen, that he wanted to play in the play-in. He's made it public of what this means to him. They were celebrating on Instagram, making the play-in. Uh, so like, they're going to get clowned you know, by, by casual NBA fans if this doesn't go their way. They want to make sure they can prove that they belong on this stage. And this is a team that despite losing to the Hornets and, and dropping some games that didn't have any consequence to them, when the stakes were high, this team played their best basketball. Look at that game where LeBron set the scoring record. Who won that game? The Oklahoma City Thunder did after a 15-minute delay to honor LeBron James. The Thunder, not only did they win, after that delay, the Thunder allowed a 10-0 run to the Lakers. Game got tied. The Thunder still won with all the momentum on the Lakers' side. They took that opportunity seriously. They're going to take this opportunity seriously. And so if you get an SGA 35-point game and you get a J-Dub rookie 20-point game in the playoffs and then Lou Dort uh, is locking it up on the other end, Things can get really dicey for the Pelicans, and it's why you know, the, the loss to the Timberwolves matters so much on Sunday.
0: Yeah, would have liked to have avoided this situation significantly. Like I said, I really want to see the Thunder in the postseason. I want to see what Shea does. I want to see it this season now. I want to see it next season. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this one, Rylan. I hope you are as well. Very happy for you and the success that Thunder have. Thanks for uh, hopping on here with me today.
1: Thanks for having me. Win, lose, or draw. Just happy to be here. <laughs>
0: Thanks again to Ryland Stiles. Go give Locked on Thunder a listen, win, lose, or draw here. Uh, He does awesome work there, and that team's going to be fun for the future. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight. No matter what happens, we'll be back tomorrow to recap it. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll see you all then.